Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And I am overwhelmed by getting to be with Dr. Carl. He is a layman. No, just kidding. He's a psychiatrist and he has written the book on how to hear God. So the Emmanuel approach was given to me a long time ago. And I wrote him an email and said, hey, would you be on our show? And it finally has worked out with our schedules. So I can't wait to just help you understand, help me understand better ways to hear the Lord for ourselves. Um, a lot of feedback that we hear from our community is, I want to believe that there's a God who talks today. And it seems like he talks to everybody else, but not me. And I don't really know how. And sometimes we're just even too afraid to ask the question because it just feels like there's something wrong with me or God's distant or mad at me. Uh, so Dr. Carl, it is a joy and a privilege for you to be with us. I'm glad to be here. So you want me to jump in with the brain science about how to talk to God? Let's do it. Yes. All right. So, yeah, um, fun. Just in general, the more we cooperate with the way God has created us, the better things work. And so that's to me, there's a there's a really um, important, healthy place for science where uh, to me, I think of science as understand correctly understanding how God has designed things. And the better you understand that you can just cooperate with design. So, and there's a number of ways that I apply that to help people actually experience um, what I call a uh, an, a live an, an interactive connection, a back and forth connection, and and they have a kind of a tangible, some kind of tangible sense of Jesus's living presence, and they have an interactive connection with Jesus's living, tangible presence. And that's that's kind of my passion for life um, to apply brain science to help as many people as possible experience that. And so I'll see if I can summarize those, these pieces in, in 10 minutes. So one piece is uh, relationship is a big deal. Um, that's, I, I think, without going to seminary, the average person who, looks, who, who goes in the Bible at all, it's real clear relationship with God and with each other is a really, really big deal. It's just everywhere. The, the importance of relationship, the care for the relationship, there's so much of the guidance in the Bible that's how to avoid bad relationships, how to have good relationships with each other, with the Lord. Um, so it, it shouldn't surprise us that there's actually a big part of our brains that are designed to kind of to provide the, the neurological hardware for relationships. And I call these our relational circuits. Um, you know, there's a big part of our brains whose job it is to run relationships. And, and an interesting just feature of how things work is that those relational circuits um, can be online or offline. And there's, it's really kind of more of a dimmer switch. But the, the more active they are, the easier it is. Everything relationship, well, everything to do with relationships, everything relational goes, goes more easily, goes more smoothly, comes more naturally uh, when our relational circuits are on. Mm -hmm. And when they're off, everything relational um, just does not work. But the real short summary is relationships just are harder they're less intuitive. All, all of the healthy, life-giving relational stuff, you can kind of remember it with your left hemisphere and try to try to sort of choose to do it mechanically. But when your relational circuits are on, it flows naturally. So huge advantage to have your relational circuits on 
and the more strongly owned they are, the better. So uh, my observation is that those same relational circuits that we, that we use to have a relationship with each other, uh, just the summary of a whole bunch of data in, in my observation and career is that they also seem to be in the middle of our relationship with God. So if your relational circuits are online and strongly active, not only can you connect with other people more easily, but you can also connect with God more easily. Okay, so that's the first piece of brain science. Next piece of brain science is, uh, as far as we can tell, the way our brains are wired, if you're feeling appreciation, your relational circuits will be on. Uh, same way, like, um, there, are, there are these cool scanners that don't just sh uh, show you the anatomy of the brain, like, oh, here's where this part of the brain is, here's where that part of the brain is. They actually show you its activity in real time. So you can say, oh, what right now, as I'm talking to Dr. Shannon, what part of her brain is most active? And if she was in a scanner, you'd see, oh, like, for example, the part of her brain that understands spoken language, you'd expect that's, that's going to be lit up, right? Because right now she's hearing me, she's her, she. There's a part of her brain that does language and words, whatever, and that's going to be working away. You know, you'd see it light up on the scanner. Same way, if you close your eyes, your visual cortex will go dark, and you open them, and it lights up. Well, same way, if you feel appreciation, that seems that's linked in some way with your relational circuits, so that if they're off, and you deliberately, this is a real simple tool that for the lack of time, I'll so. Everything that doesn't get covered, there's like a big book. But I got, I'll, I'm sure she'll give me a moment to talk about that sometime. There's, there's the detailed uh, explanation to everything I say in, on our website or in books. You know, so for every short comment I make, there's a whole chapter with footnotes if you want the expanded version. Yeah. But the, the short summary there is that uh, a simple tool, and this is the one I, the practical one I use, if you picture yourself inside a specific positive memory, like for me, I'm a, I'm a nature lover, so a lot of my positive memories are, have to do with nature. So I'm, I'm um, hiking down the Grand Canyon with my wife. The view is just, uh, you, there aren't actually words adequate. It's so awesome. You can feel it in your body. Mm. And you, you picture yourself inside a powerful positive memory, and you think about the details. You focus on the details, and it's especially powerful for a reason I'll explain in three minutes to, to kind of describe it out loud to somebody. So I'm picturing myself inside that memory. I'm kind of describing the details about how awesome and beautiful and the parts of the day that were so spectacular. If you spend five minutes to kind of connect to the positive memory and focus on and describe the details, that's going to generate appreciation and bring your relational circuits on. Even if you're feeling cranky or anxious or non-relational to start with. Mm -hmm. And in, initially you won't feel it. You know, initially it's going to feel mechanical. I don't, I don't even feel like I want to go to that positive memory. If you have a coach who says, okay, just, just humor me. I want you to close your eyes, picture that memory, and describe it in detail. By the time you get done, five minutes of focusing, remembering, and describing the details, you'll feel appreciation, and your relational service will be on. And if you start out with them mediocre on, you do that, and they'll be much more strongly on. Mm -hmm. So that's a very simple tool you can use to turn your relational circuits on in your brain and your brain will actually be in a better place to, to connect with God. It's, it's yeah, that, I mean, so basic. I it's it. so, it's so basic. And it's also, I mean, the biblical, you know, think on whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, think on these things. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about just being grateful about thanking God for his good gifts. Um, that's, that's another one where without, without a theological degree, you can pretty easily find in scripture 
that being grateful and noticing and appreciating the good things in God's creation and in God's gifts to you, that's, that's a simple principle. They, they intuitively knew that. I mean, 2,000 years ago, the apostle Paul talks about, you know, whatever is beautiful, whatever is good, think on these things. Well, now we also know more about the brain science. Like, oh, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. So there's another piece of brain science. And this is uh, the way I summarize, summarize it is our relationships are memory map. What, one way I kind of think about this practically, if you walk down the street and you just, you know, you bump into a complete stranger, like you could, uh, I think it kind of makes sense to think, you know, like you, you the reason they're a stranger is because you, you have no previous experience with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you bump into to a friend, you like, uh, in a very real way, your relationship with that friend is carried in your memories of, oh, I have like a hundred memories of camping with this guy, of going on hikes with this person, of, you know, being in church with this guy, of being in a men's group, whatever. And with my wife, I have thousands of memories of hiking with Charlotte, of going on fun nature trips with Charlotte, of going on a honeymoon, planning our wedding, writing letters back and forth when we had a long distance relationship. And there's a very real way in which your relationship with somebody is carried in the memories mm-hmm. of past experiences with that person. And this will kind of make sense even without, without a brain science degree. The average layperson can, can you think about this? You can, well, actually, you can try it. Um, if, if you're right about science and you've, you've correctly understood how God created something and you develop a technique that's consistent with it, the last step is you can just go try it in real life. And you're like, oh, my, that actually works. You can just test drive it in your own life and you'll say, oh, I, oh, my goodness, I did that thing Dr. Carl talked about. And it's like it totally works. So um the the memory map relationship thing human example so if i pause here for five minutes and i think about uh i I remember deliberately two or three past positive experiences with my wife charlotte and if i if i focused on some of the details and described those to dr shannon if i do that for three or five or eight minutes and then she walks in the door okay the circuits in my brain that carry our relationship are all activated because I've just spent, you know, three, five, eight minutes deliberately focusing on them, remembering those, uh, recalling those memories, activating those circuits. And of course, you want to focus on the positive memories to activate, you know, to have be in a good place with your with your spouse or friend. So the the ideal brain place uh, from which to launch or from which to where to start, like a, the ideal platform to to reach out to the Lord for a connection is you're in a positive memory, you're feeling grateful, your relational circuits are on, and if you happen to have positive memories that include a sense of God's presence, those are especially valuable because they, they have that memory mapped relationship thing. Now, if you don't have good experiences with God yet, you can just do any positive memory appreciation, and uh, you'll move in that. If you use these tools, my expectation is you'll actually start accumulating good God experiences. So if you don't yet, that's not the end of the world, you can just start with any positive memory. But if you have positive memories that include a sense of God's presence, those are the ideal starting point. It just that those little steps I just described kind of prepare your brain, and I believe the mind and spirit are going along with it. But it's much harder. Like um, our current secular scientists don't know how to do the same kind of research with the mind and spirit. It's just so it's a whole lot harder to study. But it's, the stuff I'm talking about is pretty easy to study with the biological brain. That's so now, good. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. And then the last piece, and this is for people who want to hear God. This is a simple brain hack. Well, I'll describe it, and then I'll talk a little bit about it. The, the, 
the, the summary statement is God has designed our brains to work best in relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a number of ways that that's true. I actually have like a whole hour long presentation about all the ways that our brains that work best in relationship. But the one that we're going to talk about right now, um, if I, uh, well, frequently, internal mental content can be subtle. Now, sometimes it's not, you know, whether you're doing, working on healing and traumatic memory and you're having a prayer time, or whether you're listening for the Lord, um, trying to have some kind of sense of God's presence, sometimes people will have a clear dramatic experience. Just spontaneously, the internal mental content goes to the part of your brain where you can feel that it's important and you kind of recognize what it means. And sometimes that, that'll happen spontaneously and the person says, oh my goodness, you know, I, I prayed for something and all of a sudden I kind of have a, a sense of God's presence or maybe I have an image of Jesus' face. A memory comes forward quickly and, and clearly. I immediately recognize, oh my goodness, that's the answer to the prayer I just offered. So that happens sometimes. But commonly, our internal mental content is subtle. Mm-hmm. And often, we don't recognize what it means. And my experience is that many people um, who, who want to perceive God's presence in some way or who are saying, how do I hear from God? How do I have an interaction with God? That uh, God is actually talking to them. They, uh, uh, they are getting clues. They're getting guidance. They're, uh, they're even having a manifestation of God's presence in some way, and it's subtle, and they're missing it. It's actually there, and there, it's just subtle, and they're walking right past it. Um, I, just, I, see, um, I see this happen all the time in, in healing sessions where a person will ask for guidance. Okay, they come in. I have some kind of anxiety problem. We'll say, okay, Lord, you know, where's this from? Because we want to find the roots of where there's painful memories that contribute to it so we can resolve those. And we'll they'll pause, I'll close their eyes, we'll say, okay, Lord, where's this coming from? And frequently, they'll say, uh, nothing's coming, I'm not getting anything. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, okay, I, I want you just to describe whatever's coming into your awareness, even if it feels like a distraction, even if it doesn't feel important, even if it doesn't make sense, feel important, and if it's not, even if it's not neatly, pra- neatly packaged, I want you just to describe whatever's coming into your awareness, regardless of whether it feels important, makes sense, or is neatly packaged. And on a regular basis, when they do that, and usually within 30 seconds, as they start to scroll, well, I'm just, uh, this is just a distraction. Fine, humor me. I mean, I, sometimes I have to go back and forth five times to just coax them. Please just describe what's coming into your awareness. You know, trust me. And if I can finally get them to do it, they'll sort of like, oh, well, I'm just kind of having this little thought. And frequently, by the end of the second sentence, they're like, oh. Oh, oh my goodness, that, oh, I, I, I just had this image that kind of kept coming back. Every time we would pray for guidance, the same image would come, but I, I didn't, that's, a, that's actually from a memory when I was in grade school and my uncle was visiting. Oh my goodness, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the light bulbs go on and they can see what it, oh, I, that, mem- that memory image, that's, that's actually where we need to go and it feels important. So. Why does that happen that way frequently? Because the parts of your brain, there's a part of your brain on the front and the right and the front and your left, that are in the middle of, of uh, when, when material from your internal awareness goes through those places in your brain, that's, where, that, that's the part of your brain that helps you feel that it's important and also recognize, well, how does this apply to me? Oh, that's an image from one of my memories with you know, when my uncle came to visit. Oh, yeah, that, that fits into my life. This, Oh, I see where that image actually fits into the question we just asked. And 
if I get words, if, so if I'm having something happen in my, inside my awareness, you know, I'm in a prayer session or I'm, at, you know, I'm trying to have a time with Jesus or time with God, and some image comes, if I, if I work to get language for what's happening, if I try to get words for it to describe what's happening, that actually pulls the material to the front of my, the, the front of my brain on the left. And if I interact with a person, you know, just interacting with Dr. Shannon's face, you know, there's a part of your brain who, whose job it is to kind of interact with other people. And so to get language and then to tell it, to describe it to you, those two tasks, the same way where if you stir up appreciation, it turns your relational circuits on. If you open your eyes, it turns your, your visual cortex on. If you get words for something that's happening inside and then describe it to another person, that actually pulls it through the parts of your brain that helps you feel that it's important and recognize what it means. So you put all those life hacks together. You go to a positive memory for a few minutes, focus on the details until you feel appreciation, turn your relational circuits on. If you have a God memory, that's all the better. And then you ask, okay, Jesus, you know, I, I thank you that you are always with me. Biblical principle is very simple. Um, to me, that's another one that's just not particularly complicated or debatable. I'm always with you. I abide with you always. The Father and I come and we have made our, heart, our home in your heart. There's, a, there's pretty clear, straightforward, simple, no, theologically, no theolo theology degree required scriptures that I think are, are um, totally trustworthy and clear about God is always with us. So to say, hey, I know you are here. I know you were with me when, when this memory happened, when Charlotte and I were in the Grand Canyon. I know you were there. I welcome you into this memory. Can you please help me to perceive your tangible interactive presence in this place? So you do that. Positive memory, strip appreciation, invite God's presence. And then you have a prayer partner and you get words for and then describe out loud whatever comes into your awareness. That all seems pretty simple. Uh, in fact, it almost seems, it seems so simple that my bet is some people are gonna not are not gonna try it because it doesn't it doesn't sound complicated or unusual enough, but I would, I would encourage, well, actually I'll throw out a little, this will help. On, on our website, we have little video clips where you can actually see it happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can live video, not reenacted, not role-playing, actual clips from live sessions. And when people do this on a regular basis, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I, I kind of have a sense, I kind of have this subtle image of Jesus and then, you know, there's, a, there's all kinds of noise about, am I just making this up? Is it just my own mind? Is it really Jesus? So that's such a big, important question that I've got three chapters at the, in the big lion book. There's literally 135 pages. There's a, a beginner chapter on that question, intermediate chapter on that question, and advanced chapter on that question of how can I tell it's really Jesus, not just my own mind? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's a really, good, a really good question. I'll, I'll have a few little short answers for whatever minutes we've got left. And the long answer is 135 pages, but there really are a lot of things you can notice if you, if you think about it. There are lots of clues you can, you can watch and say, oh, there, there really are a lot of clear indicators that this is it's subtle, but this is really the living presence of God talking to me. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a, I don't know how many minutes I crammed that into, <laughs> but, but that's some brain science life hacks that will actually, uh, in my experience, Many, many people who have said, I, I don't, I'm not usually able to perceive the Lord's presence. I can't, I've never been able to actually have a tangible sense of Jesus' presence. I don't usually, I'm not usually able to hear God. 
when I use these little tools with them, most of them say, oh my goodness, I, I'm having some thoughts coming to me and I, I think they're, I think these are from Jesus. Mm. Now, logistically, it's much more work to have a, a pair partner to do this with another person is way harder than just doing it on your own. So it's, so it's like, oh, obviously just in your own quiet time every morning, it's easy to just do things all by yourself. And to have a to get together with a friend is a whole lot more work logistically. Okay. That last piece of brain science, I just it's hard to overstate how real that is about if you have a prayer, if a person is praying with you and they're kind of coaching you and you're describing it to them. Um, like I said, there's some people who have a clear experience that they can just catch. Uh, it goes to the parts of their brain all by itself, and they can catch it. And if you're, you can do it on your own, and that will work. But there's a lot of people, if they do it on their own, they say it doesn't work. And then I coax them to do it with another person or, or me. And that just that last step of get words and say it out loud to another person, all of a sudden, there'll be subtle manifestations of God's presence that they were, they were missing before. And now they catch. And there'll be subtle clues from God that they were missing before, and now they catch. And there'll be subtle interactive, uh, there'll be subtle interactive content from the Lord that they, that they were missing before, and now they catch. And just adding that last piece, uh, many, many people, they add that last piece, and all of a sudden they go from, I, it wasn't working. I didn't, I didn't realize it was working, and now I do. Mm -hmm. So. So good. And I love the intentionality of a lot of us come from backgrounds where maybe our authority figures or our experience with those who our brain would naturally project as God um, were not necessarily safe or warm or cuddly. Um, I know in my own inner work, um, I saw God as Godzilla. And so if I wanted something, I had an unconscious projection belief that God's going to smash it and take it away. I had many beliefs that I can't hear God. There's something wrong with me. God's mad, distant, disappointed. And so my own filters were creating this block. And I think for so many in our community, we try to just close our eyes and hear from God and not realize you're giving us actual brain strategy as a psychiatrist to say, okay, there's a circuitry you need to activate. And what you're in essence doing is now creating new classical conditioning that the brain is able to have a positive association and now open the door to the thought that there's a God who loves me and wants to talk to me. I love how Graham Cook describes the Holy Spirit as Tigger, that there's just this warmth and excitement and jovial. And it took me years to work on God likes me. God's not mad at me. Like it was like really, really deep inside that I was a disappointment. And so I didn't actually believe he was going to talk. And for many of us, we have these unknown beliefs and they create roadblocks. Jesus yes. is Tigger. He's in a good mood. He is chasing after us. He is pursuing, yes. but it's our beliefs on accident that get activated. And so when we just try to talk to Jesus, sometimes those filters can cause us to misperceive him. And so we're going to talk in our next episode about trauma yes. and how that impacts um, our, or hinders or filters our yes. ability to hear God, because so many of us come from big trauma and little trauma, and yes. those can directly impact our ability to hear God. So if anyone's listening right now, I just want to normalize if you're struggling. I want yes. you to know that many of us, me included, have really walked through this, but 
I have a friend who does my Emmanuel approach with me. And so it has been life-changing. It's been such a blessing in my life. So I do highly recommend. It doesn't need to be somebody who's fancy and degreed. It could just be a really good friend who's relational and safe that you can close your eyes. You can open that um, positive affirmation part of your brain get that relationship circuit going and then process aloud with a friend and then see and start to taste and see that God is good. He is for you. And yes. it's just kind of working around some of our little quirks of our life experience. And you really can have a sweet personal relationship with Jesus just for yourself. We love you guys. And please listen to the next episode with Dr. Carl. He has the book, The Emmanuel Approach. It's a huge, massive book with a glorious lion on the front. I love it. Um, and he is going to share that with us. And we will definitely have links so you guys can um, check it out. The Emmanuel Approach. We love you guys. See you next time. Bye.